Welcome, everyone. You are listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thank you for bearing with us after a missed week. Um, Terry Tam joins me uh, as I am now fully recovered. Um, it turns out the stuff they say about the second dose, Terry, is real. I got, I was very sick. Duke couldn't take my place because he was also very sick because he had his appointment the same day as me. Um, we had John on a cross-country flight. Just a whole confluence of bad things that led to us missing a week, which we almost never do. So Every, everything, uh, everything we could have done to avoid Alex the intern being on the show, we did. Pretty much, including canceling the show for the week. <laughs> that was the better option in place. You were like, "Well, was we like, can do the show with Alex, or we can just say like, fuck it, <laughs> or skip a week for the first time in two years." No, nah, no, nah, I did. I recorded two episodes last week, plus the one this week. Plus uh, three live streams last week. I'm all Alex the intern out. We have a ton of we have a ton of uh, live streams going on as well. For those who haven't had a chance to check it out, come watch the games with us. It's awesome. The announcing is terrible in these games. So you might as well just do what we do. Put the games on mute, and we have a conversation. You can join us in the chat, interact with us, and uh, we're a bunch of idiots just like you. Uh, so therefore, you'll have a good time. That's the way I see it. Therefore, but dude, I, thus. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. I want to know, uh, when was the last time either of you guys were sick? I'll start with you, Terry. Like, the last time you were, like, ridiculously sick and in this bed. This is funny. I actually got my first COVID shot today. Um, very, very uh, reluctantly did it, but I, I felt like I had to. Um, but the last time I really got sick was at the beginning of COVID in 2020, I got sick for like two weeks, but it wasn't, none of them were COVID symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like I had mucus when I was coughing, but I was constantly like clearing my throat, like I, oh, coughing, spitting up, like ugh, it was disgusting. It was green, yellow, red sometimes. I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. Crazy headache. Uh, I was able to breathe, um, but like I was really, but for two weeks, I just couldn't get out of bed. Could, couldn't get out of couch. <laughs> what are you, Eeks? Uh, I got my first one and I felt no, fine. Not necessarily that though. Like the last time you were just sick as fuck. Oh, I got the. F- I th- I think it was the flu. It was Christmas. I want to say 2018. Might have been 2019. I was like, I was dying. Honestly, it it was so awful. I I think I had a temperature in the. Uh, Hundred, it was like 102 or something. Like, you know, like borderline, you should go to the hospital, the temperature mm-hmm. levels. It was like at that point, I was not feeling hot at all. Like, it was really, really not good. I don't get sick often, but when I do, it's really bad. I don't I get don't... sick often, but when I do, it's Dos Equis. <laughs> I also don't get sick very often. I, I did get uh, – and I've never gotten side effects to, to any medication before. So – what was interesting about this, because I remember having gastro, and for four days, I thought my life was over. Like, I just, like, oh, this is how I play out my days, just shitting my pants and throwing up constantly and throwing up air, just air and, I guess, bile. It was just awful. It was just terrible. Um, but this was, like, it was different because, like, you just, you know it's passing. You know exactly what it is. You know you know why you're sick. Um, and then, like, my wife and I were watching John Wick 2. And halfway through the movie, I got this, like, surge of energy, and I was fine. I went from being, like, in bed for, for 20 hours, barely able to watch the first half of the movie, to, like, 
fully awake, good to go. Now I can't sleep because I just slept 20 hours. I actually have a question for you, P. So uh, behind the scenes, you work at a cooking school. Have yeah. you ever – I imagine there's like tasting exams or something. Like they have to prepare dishes. Mm-hmm. They're evaluated, and you're part of that evaluation board in some way, shape, or form. Have you yeah. ever had to like plan to take some like – anti-nausea medication or anything to prevent food poisoning in anticipation of having to taste something from a student? I've had allergic reactions as a reaction of my job. I've had food poisoning uh, as a result of my job, although very, very, very rare because the standards in a cooking school are much higher than a restaurant because you're supposed to try and teach them the best possible scenarios. And like, for us to throw out food we're not sure about is one thing, but a restaurant often will take the risk, uh, which we won't. Um, I got, I had a, a s'more once that uh, nobody thought to tell me that was made with Nutella rather than dark or milk chocolate, and I'm allergic to hazelnuts. It was when my, fi- my wife first moved in with me when we were first dating, and that entire night I was scratching my neck to the point where, like, um, I was like, she was like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, I can't go to sleep. I'll scratch throughout the entire night. So I had to sit on my hands and just sort of fight through the feeling of wanting to rip my skin off. That was probably the worst thing that, that happened to me as a function of that. Uh, generally, generally pretty good though. I will say when it's dessert module, not all chocolate mousses are created equal. Some are <laughs> basically chocolate soup, like not even pudding. And yeah. So the only thing I can, I can get out of all this is that you were cured by John Wick. I was cured by John Wick, exactly. That's, John that's Wick cured did. your gastro. Yeah, I, I was not cured by Nicolas Cage in Jiu-Jitsu. Terry, you would hate that movie because despite being named Jiu-Jitsu um, and despite them ne- negating all of Asia's influence in martial arts, uh, they claim that Jiu-Jitsu was given to us by aliens. <laughs> um, they... Uh, uh, there's also no jujitsu in the film. None of the fighting really is jujitsu. Uh, I I, I kind of noticed as someone who doesn't even know a ton about fighting, but then I looked it up and it's like, oh no, everyone says this about this movie. So <laughs> Nicholas Cage tried to cure me, Keanu Reeves did. <laughs> yeah, and you would think, as like a Nicholas Cage guy, yeah, he'd be the I'm one, but he, he's That's disappointed true. you again. How many chances are you going to give Nicholas Cage? I called him the national treasure. He let me down. Exactly. Um, that's, uh, that said, we have a ton of news to get to. Happy, happy week in Montreal. So let's start with the news. Is it now? It is. I know oh, you're speaking of, by that every week. Speaking of which, what are you doing Saturday at 1040? AM? Okay. Yeah. AM. Um, not sh- I don't think I have anything. Want to play golf? Yeah, I'm playing golf with my brother. Hmm. Potential. So, bring bring your brother. Let me let me check with my wife because she handles all of my scheduling. <laughs> because Eagle Eagle's been forced apart from me. She hand, she handles all of my fun. She does. She she uh, she she licenses it, but it should be okay. Um, but you know who's not playing golf, Terry? The Montreal fucking Canadians, and it makes me really happy. <laughs> I mean, they might be playing golf. They might be because it's an off day. Because yeah. sweep, sweep city, baby. Would you like? Okay, so we there. There's already all these. Actually, we're gonna get to it a bit later in the video that I sent in the group chat. 
But like the Toronto Maple Leafs are already golfing, and it's normal. The hockey players golf. It's what they do in the off season. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. It's just a joke that we play during the season. That we say during the season. Is it bad if the Habs? Because now they're they basically have like six days off. Is it bad that they would like maybe as a team go out and hit the links? So I would, if I'm a player, knowing the Montreal press, I would just avoid playing golf if possible. Yeah, like, I just think wait so. a few more days. The season's. Short at this point, you know, or but go also, like somewhere where no one's going to recognize you. Like, impossible. Take, take a quick flight down to Panama. <laughs> that won't work because <laughs> of the, you know. But uh, also, also with, with the connotation that, that golf brings, that like it's the end of the season, you're golfing early. I don't think NHLers are playing golf unless they're eliminated. And I don't think it. after the, the speech that Corey Perry and Eric Stahl gave the team that they said, yeah, if we win this series, we're going to play around in golf together. Let's just wait till we win the cup and we'll play all the golf we want. Well, but the, the thing is, is that, you know, it's also what it means in that sport. Like, and, and it's also the, the weird, unfair expectations that professional athletes don't have regular lives. Like on a day off, for example, like Saturday at 1040 a.m., <laughs> um, you and I are free to play golf without yes, question, right? Or like, and, and then like a hockey player can watch Nicolas Cage's 2019 thriller Primal. But um, but I've watched a lot of the Cage movies in the last uh, in the last month. If you, if you can't tell, um, but like they can watch a movie, and that's fine. But golf, which is another form of entertainment, connotes giving up on impossible. The season, which is imagine crazy. it was like imagine like the, the the joke instead of being in golf was like watching movies. It's like yeah, the Leafs are watching movies now. <laughs> Netflix can suck. Am I right? Um, but imagine like these guys go home and like their wives are like, "Hey, you know what? I, I want to watch. You know, Loki just came out on Disney." And I'm like, "But no, honey, I can't. The media can't know that I was streaming TV shows while the hockey season was still going on." You know, uh, but it's it's weird. It, it's become it's it's become a colloquialism that we associate uh, with sports, even with, with with hockey specifically, despite the fact that we there's all these stories about Michael Jordan playing golf and gambling and smoking on a golf course before going to play playoff games in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, there's the outliers, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's been fun. And we always say this. We always say, or I always say anyway, that this isn't a Montreal-based uh, podcast. We talk about sports from all over uh, North America and the world, depending on where the stories take us. But right now, the story is in Montreal and the NHL. Um, and we're happy when good things happen in Montreal. Um, but you know who's less happy? Uh, happy? Uh, Mark Shifley. This is what he had to say about his abrupt exit from the series. Obviously, it's 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 crushing to you know that my season was ended um, by that, and I wasn't able to I wasn't able to play in this series. Um, you know, I thought I was going to be I thought I was going to be tried to shut down by Philip Deneau, and you know, it was Department of Player Safety that shut me down. So. That, that definitely sucks. You know, you guys, the media, you know, had us not making the playoffs, being a bottom feeder in the league. So, you know, that's where, you know, you guys, you guys, you guys get caught, you know, contradicting your guys selves all the time. So, you know, you guys, you guys didn't have any hope for this team um, from, from day one. Um, and I think we proved you guys wrong all season long. Obviously it's, 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 it's crap. He's right. I mean, the the media, including oh, myself, like he's right that he got suspended. Oh no, no, not because the media didn't believe in the Jets. That's no, what he said. So that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> no, he's so he's right. like, he's right. you guys. 
Is he getting <laughs> fined for what he said? No, no, probably not. Because a lot of people are saying, well, you kind of went against DOPS there, like expressed your opinion. That's a no-no. You don't. No, he didn't go the, against uh, them. All, the head all he said to do. All he said was that I was supposed to get shut down by Dano. Instead, the Department of Player Safety shut me down. So there's no remorse on his part, like zero. Even though, like after after the hit, he went into the locker room and he came back and he saw the he saw the hit and he was like losing his mind. I thought that that was like fuck, I made a mistake, but it was more of like, oh, bullshit. And uh, listen, I'm on the side of, I don't think it was that bad of a hit. I think it was completely unnecessary. Well, that's, I think, I think the suspension to me, um, and like, I understand four playoff games, five playoff games is a lot. It ended up only being a four game suspension. So four, yeah. the, the Canadians actually helped him out by uh, taking care <laughs> of the Jets in four games. But um, the thing is, is that, to me, the intent was specifically to hurt somebody. I don't know if it was to injure per se. Injuries are hard no. to predict. But his intent was absolutely to light up Jake Evans. His intent and, was and to... And no, there was no benefit to doing it. The game was His over. intent was to separate, completely separate Jake Evans from the puck. There's two things, though. He didn't try to play the puck in any way. The puck, everybody says the puck was already in the net, but you know it was all simultaneous. Everybody said yeah. he left his feet, but they both kind of left their feet with the momentum. The, the part of that was dirty is it's a charging call. There's no doubt about that. It's a charging call. Suspend him for a couple games. I get. It. I'm not saying you shouldn't be suspended, but like when I first saw the hit, I'm like that looked like just like a good hit. It just it happened at a weird time, and it's unfortunate that Jake Evans got injured. And then as you watch it again, you're like, okay, he didn't have to go and do that. But you know what? He's trying to rile his team up. It's part of hockey. It's it's. I, I know. I know. I sound like uh, just like a hockey douchebag here, but it's part of hockey. If if it happened, if it was the Habs that if the Habs player, if it was Rose reverse, Jake Evans annihilates Shifley and Shifley gets injured. I'm saying the exact same thing. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Same same thing. Same thing. Like I I actually think the hit in itself is not really the major issue. It's that a he went in full head of steam. Um, and the game was already over by that point. There's no, there's no, yeah, he slowed down. He lined him up a bit. Like he didn't make any play of the puck. That's what they, that's what they looked at. And that's fine. I'm very okay with the suspension. I'm not okay with everybody saying that he's the dirtiest player in the league because he's by far that. Yeah. Look, I think he's a guy who, who made a mistake. He's paid for his mistake. The bitching I can do without, you did it to yourself. Like you didn't have to hit Jake Evans and there's no problem. Same fan base that wanted to call the cops on Chara. My cousin, okay, my cousin Cassandra, lovely woman, lovely lady, okay? She thinks that you should be able to press charges on people that get injured in hockey games. Depends on the situation. That's just a good hockey hit like that was, had an unfortunate result. State? Yes. <laughs> yeah, if I, take, if I take my stick and I two-hand somebody in the throat 16 times, then yeah, maybe call the police. Yeah, 1 to 15, you're fine. 16, far too many times. <laughs> um, I'm seeing riots... In downtown Montreal, after like, well, when I think we won the fifth game against Toronto, there was a there was a, a riot, and then after that series, and then after this series, and it's just like, man, aren't we supposed to be like the Yankees of hockey? Aren't we supposed to be like the the? Aren't we supposed to be used to ch- like winning and winning culture? Like, no, we're how not. are we celebrating so early? Like riots are stupid in the first place, but like they're especially stupid when it's. You got past the first round. Given our history, that should be the expectation, right? Exactly. The Habs are usually good in the first round, so you shouldn't be over. Like I didn't tweet. I didn't overreact or anything. And I'm a and like and I'm and I'm a I'm a season ticket holder. And it's just it's it comes to a point where 
why is that necessary? And the, you know when Donald Trump got elected, all these people started saying he's not my president. I'm saying those guys aren't. I'm not associated to those guys. Those guys that yeah. riot and break shit, they're not Habs fans. They're just idiots that want to be out there. It's the same idiots. It's the same idiots that when they're doing an anti-mask, an anti-curfew protest, they start vandalizing, destroying small businesses. It's the exact same stupid fucking morons that do that yeah. shit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If um, anything, Toronto should have been rioting for putting together a miserable performance, but I digress. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing is Toronto Maple Leafs fans should be rioting because – well, I mean maybe they shouldn't be rioting because they expect to lose in the first round. They also expect a blow. Yeah, like, like, just like leads. Montreal Canadiens fans should accept – expect success the maple leafs fan should have no expectation for success Yeah, like if they win they should riot because it's like what the fuck is going on like they don't know what's going on the universe it's the space-time continuum they can't figure it out like like if if the canadians are the yankees of hockey of hockey then they're like the cubs but like before the cubs won that recent championship essentially um so like when i'm watching this team and i see this a lot uh in basketball where sometimes like there's these really fun teams, these really fun teams that um, the fan bases love, but don't legitimately have a chance to win a championship, but they're, they're a fun team. Like the trailblazers. The trailblazers are a great example of that. Like the Mavericks. They have, they have a couple of really good players, but they're, they're like a player or two away from being a serious contender. Um, And so like the rest of the league, like, you know, um, the Brooklyn Nets fans or the Suns fans or the the Lakers fans before they got eliminated are always kind of laughing at that fan. Or the Knicks. The Knicks are the greatest example, right? Like, oh, yeah, big time. Like, Julius Randle's a nice player, but come on. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's, a, you know, and, and I feel like Montreal now is entering the part of the playoffs where we're going to face either the Knight, the Golden Knights or the Colorado Avalanche, and I'm hoping for success. Don't get me wrong. I want Montreal to win, and I'm loving this playoff series. But they're laughing at us, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, big time. I, I they- feel like Montreal is the SpongeBob meme, where it's like the guy showing him like his wallet and everything, and it's like, so you're you guys are faster than us, right? Like, yep. And you're uh, more skilled than us. Yep. Yep. And you're stronger than us. Yep. And you have a better all team performance than us. Yep. So you guys are gonna win the series. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, uh, I, I was curious to see if I was alone in that. No, in no, that it's, no I, I get that same feeling too. It's like they haven't, it's weird how they, they eliminate the best team in the North, right? It, it's yeah. They eliminate the Jets. They, they sweep the Jets, like not even close. And, and there, people are still like, well, you know, they're okay. <laughs> but, like, to this point, like, there's a chance that the North isn't any good. No, they it's not good. Like we know that, right? Like there's two there's two I, teams that should have made the playoffs from yeah. I watched regular season Flames hockey not one sure. time this season, Terry, and I was like, I'm never doing this again. Flames are a different 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 breed of suck. The but thing you, is is that they if, got the, like Toronto got to feast off them. You know, Montreal was still losing to them for some reason. Montreal um, dominated Vancouver. Yeah. You know what so I mean? Like, like if, if, the, if the divisions were the way they were before, I think two teams make the playoffs, and it's the Leafs and the Oilers, yeah. realistically. I mean, I, I didn't have the Jets doing much this year, but I actually had them going into the playoffs, looking at the matchups. I thought the Jets were going to go clear right to the cup final. I, I, I'm, well, I told Christian, one of the uh, guys from, uh, from Healthy Scratch, I told him, uh, I said, you know, if, they, if, if Montreal somehow gets by Toronto – this is when Montreal was down, you know, three two in the series. I was like, I don't think, I don't think, you know, 
Montreal gets by Toronto. But if they do, I think they'll take Winnipeg because they didn't seem altogether that impressive to me despite sweeping Edmonton. So um, here's here's a hot take you may appreciate or not. Do, do you really think Colorado and Vegas are actually that good? Because yes, the yes. same argument can be applied to that Honda West division in that they feasted on Anaheim, San Jose, and Los Angeles, and arguably Arizona and St. Louis to a degree. Well, no, but the thing is, is that they're good. Yeah, okay, they may have feasted on those teams in the, in the regular season, but in the playoffs, they're favorites. Like, I still have a future. Colorado's going to win the Cup. I'm going to win like 150 bucks if Colorado wins. I think you could put futures on the next 12 years of Colorado, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, Same argument applies for like the Central Division with Carolina, Florida, Tampa, and Nashville and everything, right? Like even there, you had Chicago, Detroit, and Columbus that were, again, feeding games and arguably even Dallas too. Like there's a lot lot of – but the, I think the difference I think the, between the higher teams and the lower teams are pretty much the same in all the different divisions here. But I think yeah. I think the Eagle. The difference is if you look at the top end talent of Colorado, of gold, of the Golden Knights, of Tampa, which is overwhelming, and then you look at Montreal. It's not even close. Like the closest thing to that was Toronto. Yeah. Right. Well, I here, think, here here's right. a fun stat. Okay. Uh, how many points did Vancouver get? 50. How many points did Ottawa get? 51. How many points did Calgary get? 55. Okay. If mm-hmm. they were put in that Honda West division, they all those teams would be competing for fifth place with Arizona was at 54. Los Angeles was at 49 and everyone else was What about who was fourth place? Uh, fourth place was St. Louis at 63. So again, a huge same gap thing in the in north. Terms of top yeah. Same yeah. thing in the north. Same thing in the east. Same thing in the in central. So th- that, that look, argument look, of the top teams cannibalize the bottom teams applies everywhere. So I don't everywhere. Think you can really say the the best teams are coming from uh, west or central. But you can, but you can watch the games and oh, yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. That the teams yeah. we're watching there are much better than the teams we're watching here. If I watch, if I look at, if I just take one line on each team and I look at, I see the top line for the Habs. I look at, let's say it's, uh, I mean, so let's say Suzuki, Caulfield, and fucking Corey Perry. That looks like, that's like the best, the guys that are, oh no, Toffoli. We'll say Toffoli instead of Perry. Those are the guys that are performing the most. You can even take out Caulfield and throw in Corey Perry in there. That's our top line, our f- top four players. I look at Colorado. Let's put in Nazem Kadri, even though he's on an eight-game suspension. Uh, we got Kadri, Rantanen, <laughs> McKinnon, Landeskog. Then you can even throw in Brennan Sad. Then you have Kill McCart, who's oh, nominated for the Norris. Then you have Philip Grubauer, who's one of the elite goalies in the league. Like, that team is just stacked and stacked and stacked. Then you have guys like Devin Taves. You have guys like Comfort, who are just playoff performing guys. Yeah, it's like I said, SpongeBob meme. Yeah, and then you have Vegas. And Vegas top to fucking bottom, man. It doesn't stop. I look at the roster, and it's nuts. And, and Tampa's the same thing. Sucks. Tampa's the same thing. Yeah. Tampa's. Like, I forgot. I, I thought, actually, like, I was a big on Florida. I was like, you know what? I think Florida can, can get by Tampa. And then I forgot, oh, now they have Kutroff and Stamkos. Never mind. Um, I was I, I realized about 10 minutes into the first game that I was wrong. Um, so it, it's, it's cool. We'll see how it goes moving forward. Um, in the NFL, there's some transaction that shook up the world. I was uh, too inebriated on Sunday to fully understand it. Julio Jones traded to the Titans for a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and a bag of balls or something. Um, so the Titans uh, upgrade from Corey Perry to Julio – sorry, not Corey Perry. Corey Davis uh, to Julio Jones. What was the trade? Um, it, it was Julio Jones and a sixth for a second and a fourth. What are we doing? 
I don't know. What so are we doing? I have a theory. What, I have a theory. what the fuck are we doing? I have a theory that a lot of teams. So first thing is, I knew about halfway through last season, Julio Jones couldn't be on the Falcons next year. I have a, a friend of ours, mutual friend of ours is a, a Falcons fan. We had that conversation. We looked at the, the, the salary cap. And this is before we knew the cap was shrinking. Mm. We were like, yeah, I think, I think they're moving on from Julio because the team is built to not have enough money to afford him. Um, the, the next thing is, is that a lot of teams were in a situation where they had to cut cap because the cap did drop after last season, right? Um, so the teams that could trade for Julio is actually smaller than expected. Um, but there is a report that a team did offer a first round pick, but, uh, refused to include a player on their roster, uh, to get Julio Jones back. So that was the only, we don't know who that is. We don't know who it is. Unfortunately, it hasn't leaked yet. Uh, and the Titans had to free up like $15 million in cap space on Tannehill's contract just to get Julio Jones under the cap, which is great for them. And, you know, they, they made some decisions early on. For example, they didn't, uh, extend, uh, Corey Davis, who's in the extension period of his rookie deal, which would have driven the cap up a little bit, a couple of players here and there on defense. You know, they, they set themselves up to be in a position to get, if not Julio, another free agent that couldn't be uh, on the team by a certain date or whatever the case may be. They end up getting Julio Jones. Huge upgrade. Um, oh, big time. I AJ mean, Brown, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones more years. And- like, take... Take three years, whatever, it's fine. Julio Jones, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry. I'll take it. Defense yeah. is a defense is a little iffy, but I'll take it. Like I had that team but is fucking stuff. The whole time that Tannehill's been there, the defense has been the question mark. And remarkably, this just get this makes me so mad as a Dolphins fan. The the fact that he's done this, they outscored the Chiefs last season. You know that, right? I do. The Tannehill led Titans outscored the Chiefs. And now they added Julio Jones, and it's just like, Miami, the fuck were you doing? They're still fucking going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry 30 times a game. Yep, but you know what? Having Julio Jones there means there's one less guy in the box for Derrick Henry, right? Exactly. So that's that's, that's another... nuts. That's crazy. And I, they're going to win that division. I mean, listen, I like the Colts this year. Don't get me wrong. I think the Colts, with, with Wentz there, I think it's going to be – I think they're, they're going to compete for that for that division lead. And the Titans, it's going to be Titans and Colts this year. Texans, forget about it. They're done. They're cooked. And Jacksonville, you know, they're on a rebuild with Trevor Lawrence. I don't, I don't think they're going to come close. But, well, I mean, uh, you mean with uh, Tim Tebow. Oh, Tim Tebow. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. I apologize really, to he'll Tim be Tebow for not mentioning his name before anybody else's name. What a genius move by Urban Meyer, though, to bring on a guy that's going to take more media attention away from Trevor Lawrence. I, mean, I get But if you, if you draft a guy first overall and you're worried about him and his media availabilities... I don't think it's going to go well. Um, Why? It's actually smart. I mean, I guess, but like at some point, the media is going to want to talk to Trevor Lawrence. Like if he's going to be the starting quarterback, then week one, you're going to have the same issue you would have had. It's not, it's not like they're not going to talk to him, but I think it's just going to take, it's going to take a little bit of the spotlight away and put it on Tim. And first of all, if everybody always says Tim Tebow, but if you say Tim, are you really talking about a football player? Like there's only been two teams. Tim Biakabatuka. Oh, Tim, Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Lots of good Tims, man. Name me another one. Um, Tim Hortons for hockey, not coffee. What about Tibbs, the coach of the year in the NBA? Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Not Tim. He's not Tim. Tim um, Thibodeau. Tim Burton. Tim Burton? I'm talking about athletes, though. Uh, you don't know. You don't know. Maybe Tim, maybe Tim Burton can rake. 
Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas. Tim the Toolman Taylor. There's some good Tims. Uh, man. Does some Trevor good Tims. Timmins count? My dad technically he calls himself Tom, but his 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 Greek name translated to English should be Tim. But he didn't like go. Tim, so he used Tom. Plus, we know he, he was at least good enough to plow your mom because you're here. <laughs> oh, my so, dad's got a rocket on him. Athletics. Um, Looks like this. Uh, I've heard that. I've heard that. Tim um, Raines? Tim Raines. I have actually a Tim Raines. I don't know why I didn't think of it. I have a Tim Raines autograph in my office. So it's surprising that I didn't think of that one. Tim, Tim Wallach. I also Tim Wallach? Tim Wallach? Isn't it? Yeah, Tim Wallach. Tim Dwight? Who's Tim Dwight? Isn't it Tim Dwight, the little white receiver, played for the Dolphins, played for the Patriots, the Chargers? He was a kick returner. That's Wes Walker. No, no, no. It's, it was before those guys. <laughs> it was in between Wayne Corbett and Wes Walker. Um, so the Tim Lakers. Dwight. Yeah, it's Tim Dwight. I'm convinced it's Tim Dwight. I'm, I'm looking for this. I'm going to do the Eagles' okay. job. I'll set up the oh. next topic in the meantime. The, <laughs> Lakers, the Lakers lose. Yeah, to Tim Dwight. Tim Dwight. I don't remember Tim Dwight. Um, Lakers lose to Phoenix. Um, I I was pretty high on Phoenix in the offseason. I loved them acquiring Chris Paul. Um, they won seven straight in the bubble before not qualifying for the playoffs. And Devin Booker improved greatly. DeAndre Ayton improved greatly. Uh, the team's well-built top to bottom. Um, and we see the Lakers and Miami uh, Heat both losing the first round. They were both in the finals last season. What do we think the finals will look like this year now? Um, I w- we actually had Chris Brown on uh, from uh, Sports Talk with Chris and ASAP and uh, All Sports All Play Network last night uh, for Weekly Sauce. And uh, he's a Sixers fan, and he says the Nets are going through. But I think the Sixers match up well against the Nets. But I then I did this. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, math. Nobody's ever going to be able to score many, as many it's, points as the Nets. But no okay, way. so I was—I have to say—I was not not critical because I just said like I don't know if Steve Nash is going to be a good head coach because he had literally never been a head coach before. I am insanely impressed with how he's a developed an offensive system that keeps all three of those guys engaged. How it doesn't exploit Blake Griffin despite not being the same talent he was. He. He's he's putting he's being put in a role where what he has to do is simple and he's able to execute, and defensively the way that he's able to help is uh, really important. Like he's out there guarding the bigs on the perimeter, and he's improved the defense enough so that when you get up to a big lead, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, then later in the game you up the the opposing team has to like play at a faster pace. And that helps the Nets because of their ridiculous offensive uh, scoring power, right? So they they put you in these impossible positions, and we're seeing Milwaukee getting throttled by them right now. And it's I I thought Milwaukee's team was better this year than last year, um, and it doesn't matter because Brooklyn has three of the best five players in the NBA on the court at one time, uh, all time, but, and. And the rest of the guys are not bad. Like, Joe Harris is pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Blake Griffin's solid, you know. And it's it's almost like, you know, as soon as KD signed there and then as soon as James Harden went there, as soon as James Harden went, KD was injured last year, but as soon as James Harden went there, you're like, okay, we know what's going to happen. They're going to, like, load management the entire year, get to the playoffs, never leave the court. They're all going to play fucking 48 minutes, and that's just it. Like, that's just what's going to happen. And 
on the west side, I mean, yeah. I mean, how could you not look at the Suns and be like, that's the team? Like how like what other team? Like the only other team, I don't I don't think I'm I'm not huge on the Clippers, but you know, they're fucking good. And but the, I, there's I, there's nobody I can see that's going to be able to beat the Suns. I think they're they're just firing now, and the fact that Booker is like playing at his all time high at this moment right now is unbelievable. Booker's got this ability that uh, happens with stars uh, when they become stars in the NBA that he can come off a pick and hit a shot at any time. Anytime he wants to score, he can make the basket. Um, and then again, you add you add the rest of the pieces. It's, it's a really good team. It's a it really is. good team, um, and and the presence of Chris Paul, like I you saw it against the Lakers, where the team started panicking, and it's kind of like it reminded me of when Kawhi was in Toronto, a team that's always been talented, but every time they got into a spot where there was a, a little bit of uh, you know uh, tension, uh, they'd break down. When Kawhi was there in Toronto, they also learned, okay, no, no, the game's long, we got this, we got this, and and that's what that's what Chris Paul's brought on top of being you know one of the best point guards in the history of the game. So it's uh, it's really, really cool to see. A um, lot of coaching stuff happening around sports. Um, Nick Saban got extended by uh, the University of Alabama, who, can, who with, along with the NCAA, is continuously trying to fight the fact that they can't afford to pay, pay players. Um, they uh, extended him with a base salary of $8.4 million a year. <laughs> Um, he also gets eight hundred thousand dollars in bonuses per year from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty five, just to finish the season. Terry, imagine like you got paid a bonus of like, so if you don't take a sick day, you'll get eight hundred thousand dollars this year. But what does that mean? Completion of the season, like yeah, you're just gonna walk home? I don't season or doesn't quit or doesn't, yeah. So basically, they're saying this is his last contract. Well, he'll be 77 at the end of the contract. So, okay. I, I think so if they're saying it's the last contract, then they're like, okay, if you're getting too old and you can't, you can't make the games anymore and you decide to retire early, yeah. then you're not, you're not going to get this bonus. We're incentivizing you to finish the season. Exactly. At least until 2025. Oh, my Christ. That it's, is unbelievable. It's starting to get ridiculous, though. Am I right? Starting. Like, I mean, I, I know I've, I've been on this for a long time, and I know it's the thing that people get fed up hearing about, but, like, like the level of greed is fairly high at this point, um, and I know players are all getting paid under the table. Um, I guess but it's, it's different. It's that. different with it's Alabama. Simple. Well, actually, I watched this week. I watched Johnny Manziel on Bussin' with the Boys, mm-hmm. Bussin' with the Boys with Will Compton and um, uh, Taylor Lewan from the, the tackle from the Titans, and Johnny Manziel. Honestly, he's still partying. He admits he's like, I still live my lifestyle. He's like, but I just I'm a lot more focused. But anyway, he was talking about what it was like in college, and he's like, he's like, I never took a dime until after I won my Heisman Trophy. Okay. So he's like, they can take away my nine and four record and my Chick Fil A bowl, and he's like, the NCAA can suck my balls. <laughs> he's like, but I never took a dime until after I won the Heisman Trophy, which is weird. What he would do actually, he was getting paid like three thousand dollars a week because he would go to some guy's house and sign like twenty thousand dollars worth of merchandise. Yeah. And the guy would sell it on eBay. Well, I remember like he he had a whole scandal where the uh, yeah. like some of his merchandise was found, right? Like that was a yeah, whole exactly. thing with him. Run time of the draft, mm-hmm. um, but th- yeah. these guys are doing the shit. Like he's not the only one. Like so, here's the thing: is what you're actually doing by putting in these rules is making it so that they don't pay taxes. Like you're you're doing it so that they have to evade 
taxing from the government instead of just allowing them to be normal human beings. Because if you or I had a, a signature that wealthy, that, that valuable, we would be taxed on it. Absolutely. What do you think you're doing? It's the, just, if, you, if, you, if you think... And listen, I think that when, when Nick Saban goes on his recruiting trips to these parents' houses and they, and they grill him, they're like, well, how come you make so much money? Is my kid going to get any money? Say, well, he's not going to get money, but here's a key to a beach house. That's what, that's what Johnny Manziel said. He's like, Reggie Bush's mom probably had a sick beach house. Well, so <laughs> that's, like, that, there's a whole thing with Reggie Bush specifically that yeah. uh, they, they bought her a house. Yeah, exactly. They bought his mom a house. And but that's what they do. And Reggie they, Bush showed up like, with like a Lamborghini or something yeah. to – to the senior bowl or uh, I don't know. It was a, it was, that was pretty much as obvious they got as they got. And then Pete Carroll uh, took off and went to the NFL, something he never wanted to do before for reasons. For reasons. Um, what are you going to do? But yeah, I just, I, I just think that at this point, not paying them, all it does is expose them to criminality when, you know, you could just make it all legitimate. And, yeah, exactly. And we can act like it's the business that it is because it is. Because. Um, Coach K retires, and I think it's at least in part because uh, he'll lose the advantage of not being able to every, <laughs> every week. Um, it's the wife? No, my dad. It's, oh, it's every week I get a call from my wife and my dad during the show. It's funny, no, it's funny that when we're in studio, your wife calls you, knowing where you are. Yeah. And when you're at home, your dad calls you. Always I, at the I, same time. Well, my dad called me before the show and I said, I'm going to the show. I'll text you when I'm done. Uh, you know, Pops famously works for Hot Sauce Sports as well, so you figure he'd know, right? You'd yeah, figure you figure he'd be about it. You know, he'd be, yeah. he'd, be uh, he'd be in the know. Yeah. So Coach K, Coach K retires. Uh, my theory is is that uh, with players looking like they may be able to monetize uh, in the NCAA, he loses um, the ability to pay for them to, under the table. Exactly. Um, and, and therefore, his job got harder, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm going to retire." Um, Coach K, man, he's a special guy. So he special he avoided guy. he avoided all of the uh, the stuff that comes with college coaching, like all the griminess. Like when you think Calipari or Rick Pitino, you think of all the violations. By being like Team America's coach forever, you basically got to skate on that, right? Like that's the only yeah. reason people don't talk about it. It's crazy. Yeah, he was the Team USA. He was the dream team coach for yeah. how many years? He still is, I guess. Yeah. He still is like until after this Olympics, I imagine. But I don't know if he's still is he still. Did he say he's just gonna coach that and just fuck off in Duke? I, as far as I know, he didn't say. He's probably gonna get paid a fucking hefty penny to do that. Like yeah. he's probably told Team USA, like pay me a million dollars a year, and I'll just do this. Yeah, maybe it's uh, he, he's um, he's not young. He's not a young man. Um, he retires uh, with five national championships. I feel uh, like he sucked in basketball, though. Like, I feel like he just wasn't good. Who, Krzyzewski? Yeah. Yeah. He was okay. I mean, most great coaches, though, weren't great players. That's what I'm saying, but I feel like he just, like, really sucked. Like, yeah. Couldn't, sh- couldn't shoot. Like, missed the net completely. I, like, I, sh- I feel like he shoots underhand. So, Eagle, you can check this up. Um, I remember looking it up, and I want to say he averaged two point six points a game or something. Mm-hmm. Like it was a really, it was a low amount. He mm-hmm. was a, I don't remember, but it was like he was like a seventh or eighth guy in the roster. He was just a average in the NBA college. Okay, he didn't play he in the NBA. NBA. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm saying. Um, da- Danny Ainge also parts ways with the Celtics, um, and Brad Stevens becomes a new GM 
of the Celtics. Um, he he's been in that job seven years. That Butler team was seventy years ago. Which team? That Butler team he coached that like oh yeah yeah before, that got him that job. I couldn't believe that happened seven years ago. I thought that was like four years ago. Oh no, I thought it was longer than that. I thought it was been. I really? thought he's been in the league like twelve years. This guy. No, I, I thought it was. I thought it was more recent. Maybe it's just. But it's crazy how he got promoted. That's the Celtics kind of do that. Also, Danny Age has been there a long time. Like people forget that he built the team with with Garnett and uh, yeah. Pierce and, and Ray Allen, the original super team. Even though it's not the original super team. Um, and what was the what was the stat you wanted? Uh, Mike Krzyzewski's, uh scoring average in college. Uh, let me see what this is. Field of goal attempts per game with three point nine point six point two. He's good to go. Two points per game. Oh, yeah. I reversed two points per game. Yeah, I reversed it. I thought it was two point six. My bad. Sixty-nine games. Nice. For who? For who? Uh, for army. Hold on. Uh, of course yeah, he's a military gonna... guy. Of course he's a military guy. What school is this? The Army Black Knights. Yeah, of course he's military. That explains everything. It explains yeah. everything. It explains how when he loses, it's not about losing. It's always not about winning. It's about the lesson that you learned. And when he wins, it's about, hey, we put our foot on those guys' throats and we won. Fuck them. So I actually like Coach K, and I don't have a, the, the problem with Duke that a lot of people do. Um, the righteous. I used to be a Duke fan. He, he's had two situations in his career, uh, once about a decade ago and once uh, last year, we talked about it on this show, where he ripped into a student journalist. Oh, and no, whenever I saw that, I remember thinking to myself, like, Fuck you doing, man! You're the greatest coach in college basketball history, and you're you're tearing up a kid who's writing not, like. Not only that, but like when. Well, not only that, but like when they played, I don't know who they were playing against, but the coach on the other side used to be an assistant coach for Duke, and uh, and the fans were like giving him shit, like yelling at him, tripping him, and he runs over across the stage, like he waits for the cameras to be on him, and he runs across the the court and he starts yelling at the like the student section for Duke, and he's like, he's one of us, he's one of our guys. Like, no, 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 don't yell at him. Like, he's defending that guy, but he, he specifically waited for the cameras to be on him in order to do that. Yeah. That's the part that Coach K that I don't like. It's all yeah. the show. But like the I said, cheesy lines. But he's a good recruiter, and he does the job. But he skates He skates on that those parts of his personality just because, you know, military, Duke University, coach of USA, like, he's, he's like the J.J. Watt of coaching, basically. Yeah, <laughs> Pol- Polish parents. Immigrated from World War II, all that. Terry, interview? Uh, doubt it. Okay, he so a, he hasn't answered. He's probably doing a live stream right now. So we 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 were going to have an interview on. We were going to have uh, uh Chris Mancuso uh from Tarpsoft. He's done some great work. You got you and Alex have appeared on his podcast. I was actually having him on, but he's, he's actually on a live stream right now. So yeah, so he won't be on. Um. We'll get we'll get some for next week for sure. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a busy time in sports. Uh, everyone's got something to do every night of the week. So um, let's just go to rapid fire. All right, we got rapid fire topics for today. Uh, do we want to let people know who this segment is sponsored by? Yes, no, maybe. 
Hot Streak Fantasy. Use Hot Sauce promo code and get your deposit matched as a bonus. Best app you can find on the market. It's uh, the best in-play fantasy you can play. Last night I was playing a little bit as I was doing the podcast with Chris Brown, not the singer, um, and he, he and I won. I won like 35 bucks just off a couple bets, and it was fantastic, and I feel great about myself, and I took my wife out to a nice steak dinner based on the money that I win. So always take out the special lady in your in your life to a steak dinner with only your winnings from Hot Streak because I guarantee you, you will win a million dollars. Not a guarantee. Yeah, I got I got a bet on tonight's game too. It's not an in-play bet, uh, but I have uh, just heading into the game. I got Devin Booker uh, going over 28.5 points and Austin Rivers going under 9.5 points. Uh, we will update that. Um, we'll update that at some point uh, because it won't be on during the show. Uh, with no games going on currently, so we can't do an in-play bet. Um, hot Street Fantasy. Use Hot Sauce promo code. It's a lot of fun. Do check it out. Yes. Um, so, time for rapid fire. Let's do it. Now we can do rapid fire. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, our first one for today, Super Bong. The NFL <laughs> is asking for grants of up to a million dollars towards, quote, alternatives to opioids. Uh, and an NFL uh, spokesperson, Alan Sill, says cannabis is a field they will be exploring as part of this oh. whole that's interesting. What took them so long? Like, think think about this. Like, I understand the reefer madness angle. I know that in the 70s, you, you were told it was going to turn you into a mass murderer uh, if people smoked the devil's lettuce. But the, the fact of the matter remains is that what we're comparing, to, what we're comparing is opioids versus cannabis. And opioids have been legal this entire time. That's kind of fucked. It's really messed up. <laughs> it's nuts how there's this thing out there that people love, that people enjoy, that people have you been using for pain relief, for uh, for anxiety relief, sleep. and all these sleep sleep deprivation, all these things that NFL players have been suffering with, and the common folk has been using has been buying it illegally. And now slowly, slowly it's become legal. And they're still buying it legally now, but it's not allowed in the NFL because the NFL does not benefit from it. It's it's crazy. Um, it's crazy to think about. Again, you're you're saying opioids are okay for your for your your workers, for the people who work for you, for the people who help make you all that money. Um, but then something that is by comparison, and I know it's not completely harmless, blah, blah, blah. By comparison, is far less uh, harm, harmful than opioids. Um, it, this needs to not only be explored, this needs to be one of the avenues the, leagues, the league goes down. The NHL was one of the first leagues um, to not report testing for recreational drug use and not suspend for recreational drug use. The, the NBA no longer tests for cannabis because if they did, they'd have zero players uh, on the court. <laughs> the UFC, UFC as well. UFC right now, they, they, they suspended Nick Diaz for five years remember because, that. He, because he pissed hot and now they don't test for, they don't test for marijuana anymore. And it's because, of, one, right? it's because of his brother. So Nick Diaz gets suspended. Then Nate Diaz goes on his post-fight press conference and he's smoking uh, a CBD pen. And yeah. they're like, what is that? He's like, CBD. And then that kick-started the whole thing. And now cannabis is allowed. They even have a sponsor. Uh, one of their advertisers is, is uh, a cannabis company. Absolutely. All right. Next, Denouement. 
Uh, French Open president Gilles Moreton ironically refused to take questions at a press conference announcing their statement of Naomi Okasa's uh, withdrawal from competition. Osaka, sorry. <laughs> so I've actually been following this because I find it really interesting. Listen, I'm not. I, I think it's. I think it's dumb for them to get rid of her. She's the best player in the world. Uh, I, I. But I also see the importance of speaking to the media. There's nothing wrong with her going up there and not answering questions. I think so, the message would have been a lot. The message would have been a lot louder if she went up there and just refused to answer the dumb questions. But the problem is, Terry is is like. For some, it's, it's like, parading an athlete in front of the media, basically saying, "Dance for us, right? We want you to dance." Yeah, no, I get that. No, I get that. And her sentiment and, and is if, completely if, if it's someone who deals with anxiety, um, going up there is the problem. Yeah. It's not the specific questions. Yeah, it's I just hard to do, and it's not the same as performing your craft because in a sport like that, where you're you're basically isolated, you don't even have teammates. You're so in the moment that the the, the crowd isn't something you're 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 interacting with. But having to, to basically go up there and answer yourself. And the, 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 the tennis press is notoriously awful. Um, and especially with the female tennis players who for a long time they treated as second-class athletes. Um, I, I, can, I can understand why the French Open's annoyed. I saw this, and, and I, feel, I feel like no one's really talked about this, Terry. I want to get your thoughts about this. Um, in the age of Instagram, in the age where anyone can make statements at any time, who gives a fuck about the press conference? Like, the press conference has become irrelevant now. Irrelevant. It, it doesn't, like, who watches them? I feel like it's, it's only for journalists. It's only for us. So you and I could put a show together and make fun of other journalists. Exactly. That's the show. That's the no, show we do. It's for, it's for their articles and all that shit. The only press conferences I watch are post UFC because they do a lot. They they announce a lot of things on it, and 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 you know like MMA fighters, they're charismatic and they're gonna call people out. So it's pretty interesting. You know they talk about the beef and stuff. But like when it's tennis, I couldn't give a fuck about what Naomi Osaka has to say about her match. Like she won or she didn't. That's pretty much it. But but even if but if you did care, wouldn't you just follow her on Instagram or TikTok and get her thoughts there? But it's the only like, ways because the the media is the only thing that keeps these these fucking sports alive. Realistically, I mean, I don't, I don't even think it does anymore. I think that's just look that's, at what we have in Montreal. Eagle. This is this is the one time I would tell an athlete to filibuster any questions. Right, come up with a topic you want to tell whoever's listening. Any, whether it's a social issue, whether it's just basic education about how condensation works, just go up and doesn't matter what question they ask you, just. Say the first line of whatever speech you have, and in the next question, you do the second line, and the one yeah. after that, the third one. Read from a book for all I care until they get the message of "I'm not going to deal with you." Yeah, but again, the issue, the issue, Eagle for her, Marshawn Lynch. It. The the issue for her specific in that going up is the problem. Yeah, I know. No, like, no, 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 no. You know, I, I, I get she all made, that, but like, she made fifty six million dollars last year. She legitimately never has to play again. Yep, she can retire at twenty three, and the only people that it hurts. Is tennis because you're losing the best thing we've seen since Serena Williams. She made I guess, I guess just kind of my of point is if you really want the media to change, start hurting them where it matters, which is they won't be able to publish anything about you. Yeah. I actually I actually like what the what the NHL players have started to do, just lashing out at the awful yeah. NHL press. Like they've had no personality forever, but this year, for whatever reason, they've been pounding the media guys and I love it. Next. All right, next. 
Walmart mania. Uh, every time we talk about one of our shows, we talk about fighting. Uh, today is going to be no different. Terry, we have a classic Walmart brawl for you to look at here. Here we go. One more time, just because that's a nice punch. Well, you don't even see the punch, it's stuck. You see the swing and the end result, but you don't see the punch. I don't know what fucking sparked this, man, but people are, it all, it's always Walmart, Denny's, or Target. Those are the only three places that these things happen. Or like a, like a, like a, a, a P.F. Chang's maybe once in a while. First things first, I got to congratulate the Eagle. That's some great ad libs because um, the the topic in the uh, script actually references an interview we didn't do. Uh, So great job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, it's um, (laughs) we keep seeing these videos and it's true. It always seems to be at the same kind of stores. Um, So it's uh, I just it's getting to a point where like you can't assume small guys can't take you out anymore, right? Because oh, everybody everybody has a puncher's chance, even eagle. Well, no, because just the, pre- the the prevalence in like uh, you know uh, MMA fighting and different styles of martial arts, and a lot of people do this as a way to keep in shape, right? And yeah. so, ever so many people have at least a modicum of training that a guy who's 116 pounds can put you down. Oh yeah, definitely. Or hold you up if you're Logan Paul. Definitely. All right, next one we got on the list today. Uh, Jokic Wild. Am I pronouncing that right? Nikola Jokic. Jokic. Uh, he, whatever. He's been named the NBA. Not the name of the MVP of the NBA. Because it's the NBA MVP. <laughs> uh, well, he's been named the 2021 season MVP. Um, I think he was also asked in a press conference, what would it mean winning an individual award? And he basically said, it doesn't matter if the, we don't win as a team. And oh. uh, they've, yeah, he's played that back a couple times and tried to troll a bunch of reporters with it. But what? yeah, so he won. Thoughts? Great. I love it, man. I love that it's kind of like different. You know, it's not it's not the same guys that we see all the time. Jokic had a great season. Jamal Murray going down, I mean, really fucked up the season, but like, he had a great season. If if Jamal Murray is there, I think we're talking about them as favorites in, in the West. It's just weird to see uh, him and Luca, these two young guys who have zero muscle definition, just absolutely owning the league right now. Yeah, it's um, crazy. It's cool. And like I, I honestly, I love Jokic's game just because it's so different. It's so wildly different to watch. What a uh, passer, huh? I just don't know how to defend him because he does shit. Nobody does, you know, so he pivots weirdly. He he does a lot of the, the old school, like, pump fakes and Euro steps, and it's, it's kind of fun to watch. Um, and I, I, I like the dude, um, but at the same time, I was just like, man, there's going to be a lot of angry, much more athletic guys next year going to be like, no, no, no load management this uh, year. I'm no, winning no, the MVP. <laughs> no more fat guys winning this shit. Yeah, but listen, as a fat guy podcaster, you and I, we see that and it's like, yeah, one of us, baby. Yeah, one baby. Do it for the big guys. All right, next, maple flavored. Remember how we were talking a few episodes ago about using Cameo, a service where you can basically pay celebrities to record messages for people like happy birthday or go fuck yourselves or whatever, right? Yeah. And we were trying to figure out what we could hire for Alex the intern. Yeah. yeah. 
Someone has discovered you can pay these people to trash talk uh, fans of certain teams. In this case, Sean Avery trash talking the Leafs. Very important to understand. Having friends, true friends, is one of the best qualities a man can have. All right. Now, thank God you have some good friends. Josh Offman, Brad Ross, Mika Wiesen. Okay. So we got Josh, Brad, Mika. They said, Sean, we need to address this with our buddy Zach. The guy's a fucking train wreck. Okay. Our friend Zach is a diehard Leafs fan who is extremely confident of the Leafs winning the cup. Just like all Leaf fans. All right. They, they were given a slimmer of fucking hope. They saw the light for a second and it was all of a sudden we're taking a fucking train to the promised land. You fucking losers, okay, you don't understand what it takes to win because you've been losing for so long. Who gives a fuck what we did in the regular season playing against other awful Canadian teams? You delusional fucks, okay? Mitch Marner golfed yesterday. He played a seven-game NHL playoff series, and he golfed. Not only did he golf, he walked. In what fucking world do you live in, Zach? Do you think that any NHL player should be able to walk 18 holes after a seven-game playoff series? Only in fucking Leafs delusional world would you think that that's normal. He doesn't give a fuck about you, Zach, or any Leaf fans. He took his $11 million to the bank, spent $350K on a membership to St. George's Private Golf Club, okay? So he could be an elitist fuck with a stupid mullet. You're a fucking asshole. Start cheering for a team with some heart. The Tampa Bay Lightning. You want to fucking jump on a bandwagon? Jump on that bandwagon. We got no masks. We got no Wuhan virus. No China flu. We're getting after it. Ron DeSantis is our fucking governor. We're living life. Freedom. You got Rob Ford or Doug Ford or whichever Ford isn't dead. Locking you fucking assholes up. Fuck you, Zach, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Josh is thinking about you. Brad's thinking about you. Mika's thinking about you. Your buddy Avery's thinking about you. You can fuck right off and enjoy the summer, you lazy sack of shit Leaf fan. Hey, he didn't fucking hold back any punches. And he's right. He's absolutely right. I mean, other than fighting the flames on Asian hate, uh, generally, what do you say about the Leafs? Why Asian hate? What did he say about Asian hate? I mean... there's reasons we don't refer to to illnesses by geographic regions because the citizens oh, of the yeah, okay, my bad. are not responsible for the virus. Yeah, he, said yes, China, he, said China, he said China flu, not Chinese yeah, those flu. People are from China. <laughs> yeah, but he said it's the country, um, not the people. Either way, either way, uh, there's there's a lot of uh, anti-Asian violence going on and. You know, obviously, that's not what he's promoting. What he is promoting is the fact that the Leafs suck. I'm trying to figure out the 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 the, the funniest thing for me. It's twofold for me. Um, one is slimmer of hope is because is going to be my new favorite saying because obviously it's sliver, but slimmer of hope is like because guys like me and you, Terry, like we once in a while we're like, you know what? I ordered a salad. I have a slimmer of hope that I'm going to lose some weight slimmer um and then the second thing was uh, going from uh desantis to to uh to the fords of toronto back and forth and i was like yeah it's weird to talk shit from one political family to another one being marred as the cocaine mayors of toronto and the other ones being 
the crooked mayors, uh, the crooked governors of, of Florida who invented crooked governors in Florida, father and son. So it's it's really I don't I don't even know which to find more hilarious. Personally. I like I like Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out after the entire speech which golf course is charging 350k of membership uh, fees. Oh, you'd be surprised. Even here in Montreal, there's like there's a couple that are like 150,000 of like a one-time fee and then like 30,000 every year. Why? Yeah, because it's fucking golf, bro. <laughs> All right, next. Uh press conference of the future. You... Go ahead. Okay, so Virginia's there. They'll honor Arnold uh, had some epic remarks after a famed ice cream chain uh, in his post-game press conference. Here we go, boys. Let's go back to that last inning, ninth inning. What are the emotions like entering that inning? Well, emotions are go in, win. I heard a fan offer free Dippin' Dots if I blew it, which the price of Dippin' Dots with inflation is just unreal. So for a brief moment, I was like, damn, Dippin' Dots sound good. But also, I thought in the back of my head, we win today, we win tomorrow, or tonight. We're going to be here another day. That's more per diem. So that means I can buy my own Dippin' Dots and be a winner. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to attack. I think three words every time I'm out there. The first one's a swear word. Starts with F. Um, second word's attack. Third one's win. And I just repeat that to myself. Unless, you know, there's a breach in the system and I walk a guy and I got to tell myself I'm a few different things. That isn't a winner. Um, I, just really I might break it. that, but then I get right back on it. Just this attack win, you know. Let's go back to that. Is this the? Is that the best interview of all time? Uh, it has to be. Like this guy should go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, regardless of if he ever makes the Major League Major League Baseball or not. And it's a shame that he goes to Virginia because also he looks like he's forty. Second yeah. of all, he can't he can't get sponsored by Dippin' Dots. Yeah. Or maybe he can. Right? He can, well, if the rules change, yes. If the NCAA oh. rules change, it's possible. Um, maybe they just but, stock the vending machines in the locker room with a bunch of Dippin' Dots. Like, just put a machine in there free, you know? I love, I love that, um, A, Eagles gotten zero names right this show. Yep. Even when it's as simple as Dale Arnold, he couldn't get the name right. Yep. Um, I also love that it it's... It's Kenny Powers come to life, man. Like, how can you not love this guy? Well, isn't Kenny Powers based off, like, John Smoltz? Yeah, but this is, like, this is life imitating art imitating life, right? Like, that, guy, that guy is pretty close to Kenny Powers. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. From, from the accent to the mullet to, to the attitude. And also, Dippin' Dots, expensive. I will say that. But it is fucking delicious. Oh, you unbelievable. Like you just take a spoonful... It all mer- it merges together and it melts in your mouth. It's da, 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 unbelievable. It's beautiful. Fun experience. It really, really does add some texture to it. That's what baseball needs, some texture. Terry, thank you for everything you've done today. Uh, we will get an interview up for next week. Uh, get, get our wires crossed this week, but definitely next week we'll have someone on. Um, Eagle, also, big you. big congrats to uh, Mike from uh, Mike's Barbecue Sauce for being coming at the runner-up in the Leukemia Foundation Man of the Year competition. He managed to raise $40,000 for the charity, and I think it put the total across everyone somewhere in the million range. I don't, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head, but big a shout-out to him. We'll get to get him on the show in the future, too, talk about that whole experience and what you can do as a viewer to support uh, his cause. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Eagle, for filling that in. Uh, for those of you who like what we do, um, the way that we continue to do that is with subscriptions because uh, subscriptions, they get us advertising. Advertising gets us money. We have some really kind advertisers. We have uh, Mike's Barbecue Rub. We have uh, Hot Streak. You know, we love the app. We use it every day. Terry and I are on it legitimately every day because we love the app. Um, do support our sponsors and do support us by subscribing, liking, rating, reviewing. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, and also, like, if you see Eagle out there, maybe buy him, buy him a candy bar. Who likes candy? Right? Right, Eagle? Yes. I yeah. love candy. Like, I, like I don't know. I thought that was a rhetorical question. I was. I didn't know I had to answer. <laughs> well, I, I need the people to know I'm being serious. I need the people to know I'm being serious that you like candy. Uh, but yes, those of you who have, thank you all for doing that. And thank you all for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. 